We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean for W. Thank you for joining me today. And for the sixth Saturday in a row in the Northeast in New York City, in the New York metropolitan area, it's rained, it's rained, it's rained, but we're not going to let the rain damper the fact that Knicks play basketball games that count in Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in four days. Four days until Knicks basketball is back with games that count and we can actually spend hours and hours of our day um, on on Twitter spaces and or listen to podcasts debating games that actually matter instead of things like, well, Isaiah Roby be out back a power forward. Um, I'm supposed to be joined by Chris Persianen. I think he's running a little bit behind, so we'll, you know, he can join us in progress. But in the meantime, um, as you see the title of today's show, preseason predictions sure to go wrong. Uh, so we are going to make some preseason predictions. I'm kind of, I want to wait for Chris to get here to get his take. So in the meantime, what we'll do is we'll spend about, ten, we'll spend about five, 10 minutes, um, discussing, you know what? I will spend the next five, 10 minutes. We'll get some preseason predictions from the two gentlemen we have on stage, Mr. Kevin Danishevsky and Mr. Robert Cross. Um, and then we'll probably touch on the uh, the OB hype that we saw in the timeline. And then we'll and then hopefully Chris will join us and so we can get right to it. Um, so first, I'll go to Mr. Kevin Danishevsky. Kevin, how are you doing today, sir? How are you doing, Sean? Um, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Awesome. Awesome. So. The topic of this uh, discussion is preseason predictions. Um, I apologize if I'm not as prepared as I usually am. I've honestly been very focused on politics recently um, over uh, and busy with other stuff too. Um, but I am super stoked for the season. And the question, if I'm not, so you correct me if I'm wrong, it's MVP, uh, sixth man of the year, or bench player of the year. Defensive player of the, of the year. And what was the fourth one? Most improved. Most improved. Um, the MVP of the New York Knicks in 2022-2023 will be the same player who wins bench player of the year in the year 2022-2023. And that player is the man who is about to get extended 
Um, and his name is Emmanuel Jalen Quickly. Um, I believe Quickly finished second on the team in EPM last year, and the aging curve is on his side. Um, I think he's going to come out and he's going to shoot even better um, than he did. And if he, if the shooting and efficiency can get even better, um, the defense is awesome. And uh, I think you that, that was the one actual takeaway I had from the Wizards game was that, damn, when this team is not playing with, Adam, with, with Manuel quickly, um, things really do, do change. Um, and Emmanuel quickly is super, super important to this team. Um, so I think he will, I think he will finish with the highest EPM on the Knicks this year. Um, and I think he will win MVP and bench player of the year, defensive player of the year. I think that's not really a tough one. I think that's going to be Mitchell Robinson. Um, you could also probably argue that Emmanuel Quick, uh, he'll be followed by Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin, Quentin Grimes. I think Mitch is going to come out with a year where he. I, I, I guess this is this is this is a hot take. I think Mitch will make an all will make an all defensive team this year. Um, or are, are there three all, all defensive teams or are two? Because if there's, I believe there are two. So maybe not. Um, because because. Uh, that, uh, uh, maybe maybe he won't be a top two center, but he certainly will be in the running for um, an all defensive team this year. Um, and uh, which is at, at the hardest position to to do uh, to, to to be. And I I love the way he's looked in the preseason. Um, and uh, I'm super excited. I'm sorry. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to watch um to watch him. And then most improved player. I'm going to go against what I, myself, I'm going to go against uh, my brand, I should say. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be R.J. Barrett. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him in the preseason. Um, I think that he's going to to have the bandwidth to make better decisions this year. Um, I think he's going to have to. I think playing in FIBA was really, really good for him. Um, and I'm not, I'm not in the camp that RJ Barrett is going to become a star in the next two years, but I think he's going to become a really good NBA player this year. And he's going, and we're going to look back at this year and say, this is when the year that RJ Barrett started to figure out who he was as an NBA player and how his skill set. Um, fits in the in, in, in the modern NBA, and I know that'll make um, Mr. Robert Cross very happy. Um, but um, and it's also, uh, but to take a little bit of a shot, just because Robert is here, um, most improved me. Uh, it would be it, it would be really hard for Emmanuel quickly to win most improved player because Emmanuel quickly was awesome last year. Quinn Grimes was also really good last year and really important. Um, all RJ Barrett has to do is be a league average player and to show to show major improvement. Um or to be a league excuse to let me rephrase. Uh, uh Nick, uh, to be a le- to to have league average to have the league average impact. Um I think RJ Barrett is is uh, is a league average is about a league average starter. 
Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think we're going to see improvement from RJ Barrett. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, but, uh, that's also a little bit of a dig at him. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the season as much as you are. Um, I really didn't take much from the last, uh, preseason game, as I mentioned, um, other than, uh, I'm happy they got whatever that was out of the way. Uh, and that Jalen Brunson, I've never seen Jalen Brunson play worse in a Knicks uniform, but I'm not very concerned about Jalen Brunson. Um, so, yeah, looking forward, uh, looking for, looking forward, guys. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I'm sure Mr. Cross, we're going to next, will have some replies. Um, and I just want to say that uh, four years of receipts is an indictment on a player, no matter how good you think that player is or is not. Um, and I'm an Andre Barrett fan. I want him to succeed. But Robert Cross, as I throw it to you to get your preseason predictions for MVP, MIP, six-man defense player of the year, what do you have to say about the fact that for RJ Barrett to be the most improved player in the Knicks, all he has to do is become league average. Your thoughts. And Robert Cross has been here. Sweet. I just said league average impact, not like league average impact. Well, and I think those words have crushed Robert Cross so much that he is, uh, he probably dropped his phone and oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there he is. Robert Cross doesn't know how to use his phone. Robert Cross works in clean tech, but is not good at actually using tech. How are you guys this morning? Yeah. Or this afternoon? We are doing good. Do this morning for you. Uh, how are, we're good. How are you doing? Well, I'm agitated. Uh, and that has to do with the IQ situation. What, how, how long before that happens? How, do we have a day? When is the deadline on that? Does anyone know? The, oh, the deadline, I believe, is Tuesday. I'll check that, though. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, it's Monday night. Monday night is the is the deadline. Okay, so I have a couple more days to get through here. Um, I'll get into my predictions in a minute, but I'm glad the preseason's coming to an end. Between uh, the IQ situation, which I would presume will get resolved prop uh, in a positive fashion, but you don't know until you know. And our scattershot play, I'm, I'm pretty much done with the preseason. So I'm looking forward to Wednesday night and punching Boston in the jaw. That would, that would be nice. We could, all, we could all agree on that. So I'll go to my predictions. The most improved player, I'm really surprised that Kevin didn't go in this direction. And I think it's really important to the Knicks. The most improved player really needs to be Quentin Grimes for the Knicks uh, to cross the 50-yard line or the 50-win mark this year. I like that he was working out with uh, J.J. Redick. He looked sharp uh, here and there at the last game. was less than ideal. Let's not even talk about that. The best bench player better be Emmanuel quickly because if he's not the best bench player, something went wrong. The defensive player of the year, this is what Kevin and I will agree, is Mitchell Godman Robinson. And the MVP of the New York Knicks this year, there really can only be one player that could be the MVP of the New York Knicks this year, and that's going to be R.J. Barrett. Oh, my God. R.J. 
Excuse me, I'm on the mic, sir. Who is that? Kevin? Yes, that is Kevin Danishevsky. RJ Barrett and Co. I don't know if you guys saw, we've uh, moved on from our IPO. Let me talk a little bit about why he's going to be the most valuable player. <clears throat> this is this is going to be my hypothesis. He is going to wind up being the second option on the Knicks. And Julius is going to move to off ball. He's going to improve his defense, connect uh, his defensive play. And by Christmas, the present under all y'all tree is going to be the RJ Barrett and Co. campaign for the All Star game. Now, how do you feel about that, Kevin Danishevsky? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. One thing I do want to address that you said was uh, Quentin. I do not think the usage will be there for Quentin Grimes to um, show that he is the most improved player. I don't think that that's going to – that is his role. Right. And I think you and I – so – and I actually, Sean, I'm kind of curious your and Chris and Kevin's perspective on this because I think – I think it's I think it's a I think it's a big issue, right? Is Ju- and I don't want to put it on Julius, but to some extent it is Julius because Julius is like a a sledgehammer in a violin shop. I mean to a degree one could argue for the next really to, to get to the next level. I would argue that usage does need to spread out a bit. Partially, you know, Grimes, RJ, however it may be. I'm kind of curious, Sean, how, how do you feel um, Julius is going to play this year? And are you expecting him to turn over a new leaf? And is he going to, you know, is he going to move the ball quickly? Are we going to see ISO Julius? Because I, I think if there's two question marks about the Knicks, I think that I think that's a really big question mark about the future growth of evolution of this team. I know John likes to romance Joel Embiid. I don't even want to talk about the cat, the cat stuff yesterday. Somebody should check on what was that guy's name? Mr. Love. Mr. Love. Yeah. Somebody's got to check on that guy because someone gave him gummies or something. Um, Give John a drink because we just mentioned Zach Love. Yeah. <clears throat> that, trade, drink. that trade was disgusting. A trade proposal, I, I tried to ignore that from my mind's eye. But I think the two biggest questions for the Knicks heading into this year, on the offensive side of the ball, um, for a lack of a better word, can Julius play uh, – I don't know. It's not smarter. It's not better. Can Julius evolve his game to the, for the betterment of others? And that gets into your usage question. And then on the defensive side of the ball, what what what, what will be our identity? I pass the mic to you, Sean. I, I'm assuming Chris is hungover, right? Is that what we're assuming? He's hungover. Chris is not. Chris is not hungover. Um, I actually spoke to Chris this morning, so I feel like you know something came up. But you know, I um, we're you know, here, we love we're Chris, here for you. I'm sure he'll be back. We're here for you. Appreciate it. Um, so funny. I think that you bring up Julius because if you ask me who the MVP of this year is, 
I think it's Julius Randle because I believe looking at the way we play and who our head coach is and who are and who's and, and the roster make up construction, this team will go as far as Julius Randle takes them. Yeah. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. And Robert, I'm going to ask you to go on mute while I while I okay. while, while I uh, soliloquy myself. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, I think that this team will go as far as Jewish Randall will take them. And I know that's an unpopular take because 2021-22 is still left a bad taste in all of our mouths. Um. And you know, it's this is an even year, so it's like, oh, even year Julius is when is, is terrible because his first year was twenty twenty and twenty twenty two, his seasons weren't the best. But and because of that, you know, when Jalen Brunson comes around, like, oh, okay, we have Jalen Brunson now. He could be the number one guy. We'll just move Julius to number two. And now it's oh well, if RJ takes a step up, Julius he'll be number two, and Julius will be number three. Julius Randall has become arguably the most underrated player in the NBA. Because, and I say this all the time, how is a two-time, how is a player who was second-team All-NBA considered one of the 30, considered like on all these lists, and these lists are stupid, between 40th and 50th? And I understand why, because one, he's a Nick and there's a Knicks tax, but two, when it go when it looks bad for Julius, it looks bad. And then his body language isn't good and he's just pouting and he's, you know, throwing his arms up and not getting back on D and da da da. But like the dude is if I asked if he was doing this for any other team, for any other team, he he would be like, Oh my god, look. But um I think he's our MVP. Because as good as Jalen Brunson is, as important as Jalen Brunson is, and I'll never forget, if one other person showed up with Jalen Brunson in Miami, the Knicks win game six. But this team will go as far as Julius Randle take them. And I know people hate, like, the end. Well, if you don't like Julius Randle, you'll dismiss the injury. But the fact that the dude rolled his ankle twice in three weeks and then needed to get surgery after the season, like, I'd like to think if we had a healthy Julius Randle, we'd beat Miami. Um, but he will, we will go as far as he will take us. Um, and that's, that, that's why I think he's our MVP. Sean, can I ask you a question about that? So absolutely. Are you envisioning ISO Julius, like seven or eight, three pointers a game, or are you saying he's going to be an MVP and evolve his, evolve the game a bit, you know, um, using Grimes more, passing more are you is it more of the same or is it uh some some of the same but taking it a, to another level i think it'll be more consistency i think he'll be surrounded with better teammates because remember we start last year we started 10 and 13 um i think him and him and fournier well obviously him fournier and Campbell didn't work him and fournier didn't work um if you replace somebody, so replacing Fournier with Grimes and a Grimes takes a step up like Kevin thinks he will, um, that makes his job easier. I don't know if you're going to get, I think, honestly, I think the goal will be, because Julius is still going to take seven to eight threes a game. He should. He's a power forward. He has to shoot threes. Um, if you don't, then you're in trouble. Um, last year, I believe he was like 34%, but if you take eight threes a game, you know, some days you're going to be five of eight, and that's really good. 
if he can get back to league average from three or just a just a shade below three league average, so if he's shooting like 36 percent, 37, I believe league average is 37 percent. If he gets like 36, 37 percent, that helps his efficiency. That will make him a better player. And then that'll make teams have to respect the three point shot a little bit more, which then makes unclogs the lane. Because as I've said, I said this in the space earlier this summer. This team is built more around Mitchell Robinson than people realize. Because, especially on the offensive end, like, clearly on the defense end, he's the angry, he's the rim protector. But on the offensive end, because you have this guy who's chills in a dunker spot, who, you know, can't create his own shot, who's not a stretch big, who doesn't put the ball on the floor, everything else has to fit around that. So, and that's why I give Julius some grace, because, you know, the pain is clogged because... Mitch is in a dunker spot. But I think that's what you'll see. I don't know if Julius is suddenly going to become this passing maestro and he's not going to turn into Jokic overnight, obviously. But I just think if he's more efficient and he and, and he just keeps if he's more efficient and, and on the defensive end, if he could just be league average on defense or or even a shade below league average, it makes things it makes life easier. Sean, this kind of gets into my worry with this team because and again, I'm banging the drum uh, very loudly um, this whole summer. Um, historically, except for the year that they both had anomalous shooting seasons, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle have been very bad together. Last year, the Knicks finished with a positive 3.6 net rating. Julius and R.J., finished the year with a negative 2.4 rating. Um, that's a minus six net rating. And then I, that's, I believe the difference between um, the Denver Nuggets uh, who finished first and the Washington Wizards who finished 21st in the league. Um, so I, um, I am very concerned as an, and the, the, the eye test, neither are great defenders Neither are great shooters. Both like to operate in the rim, which is a problem when your center clogs the paint. Um, and J- J- Jalen Brunson also likes to operate in the short mid-range as well. Um, I am rather, I've been rather concerned. I was kind of on the ca- in the camp that, well, that was sort of part of the rationale for my whole Dame idea was um, that just, just, just to, just to be able to, get rid of that problem um, because, and I'm worried. I think that's my main worry heading into the season that that problem is really going to rear its ugly head. Um, but there's only, and- there's only one basketball and that's the issue, but that's where if they made the extra pass, that would go away somewhat. But if, if- but even so it's like neither are great, sh- like to whom? Cause neither are great shooters and neither are, to Grimes. I mean, yeah, that's they, where it happens. If, if you make the extra pass to the corner uh, and make that next play, that's where Grimes would be killing people. But then, but that's where you can't be so white so heavy. You can't be pounding the ball at the wing, you know, five, six, seven times. And if RJ and Julius are going to play a lot of minutes together, and if you want to improve offensive efficiency, you have to make the extra pass. And that's that's going to be key. Either RJ activating uh, Mitch on rolls, 
or it's really Grimes to me. Because if our if it is, it's Grimes. Yeah, that's where that's where Grimes' usage may, it may it, like it, it maybe an increase in usage for Grimes comes in. But um, but I think it is a little bit easier said than done when. Like, I, like, but both are both aren't horrible shooters by by any stretch. But like, teams don't have to worry about them to the extent, certainly not in the extent of a Grimes. And even Brunson, Brunson, I know shot forty percent from three last year, but that's not where he likes to operate. Like, he likes to he likes to operate in the short mid range, and um, and I think that's where teams really worry about Brunson too. So it just like the spacing is like a little off. And then on defense, um, I hope our, like, I want to say that like both will improve. I don't, I think Randall is kind of who he is as a player. He's a 29 year old, 28, 29. Um, uh, I think he's 28. Um, But I worry about, um, I just worry about, I've always worried about the fit there. And, um, yeah, I, I I wish that there is, is it's it's a problem when your top two guys don't re- or, or your t- two of your top three guys don't really fit 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 together. If you were um, if you were looking at aspects of this preseason when we really looked well, like so the first half, the first quarter of the Boston game, there was quicker ball movement, right? So there was. Yeah, I mean. We, that's if I'm if I'm looking on Wednesday night, what I want to see in the first ten games with this starting five, because the starting five is not going to change. It's it's ball movement, at least in the regular season. The playoffs, and I think that's a little easier said than done. I don't I don't disagree. the The key to yeah. it, the key the key person to me. This is where I think RJ is the key person, because it's about processing, because he's going to get downhill. And he's going to find his spot. And if he's if he processes faster, takes that initial action faster, and becomes uh, smarter or more judicious about making the kickout, and because he could be driving and kicking to Julius or to um, Grimes, that's that's why you know th- that's why I think RJ, you know. I'm tongue in cheek because the MVP to, to me will be Brunson. But I think the most, in some ways, I think RJ is the most important player to the Knicks this year. And does he, does he really pull it together? Does he pull it together? Because he, he's, you know, Julius is Julius. <clears throat> RJ is the guy that I think to an extent can make the starting five more efficient by being by making the making his initial action quicker and making and processing better go to the rim try to get fouled or kick out kick out for three that's what i think i think he's really really important this year yeah, I, I certainly don't disagree, and that was sort of why I had him as my m- m- most improved player because I think, and it's you're right that I, I agree that it's not necessarily about the shooting numbers or the numbers around the rim because I think they're gonna like you know stay about the same. Hopefully, hopefully he gets better from he can hit corner threes again. 
Um, but like, uh, but you know, I think I think John said it on a post game where it was just like, yeah, this is this is it's you know, I think like in years past we were like, oh well, you know, hopefully maybe that the forty percent shooter like, RJ shows up, but it's and and now like you see RJ miss corner threes and it's like, yeah, it's RJ's inconsistent shooter. Um, RJ's key. Uh, RJ's key is about processor. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. If he can make the right reads, if he can pa- make the right passes, if not without the, the like, like stop with the crazy like fade away over th- over two guys, uh, like uh, uh, you know, unless you're really feeling it, like in the, like that shot, at, that shot against Cleveland was really was 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 big. Um, but for the most part, like finding the open shooter for RJ is is is, is really important. Um, his passing numbers are going to be um, something I want to see, um, and um, yeah, I, I think maybe, maybe that's where Grimes. Uh, maybe that's where there's room for Grimes to grow. Um, but I, I think like what I what I what I meant when I mean with with Grimes too is I don't see a lot of sets being for Grimes. I see like no. you know maybe more opportunities for him, you know, from RJ kickouts or from Julius kickouts, but not necessarily more. Um, more, but not, but but I don't think like I I can't see the Knicks, Knicks running anything for him Knicks, other than like a DHO with Julius. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I I I also I think. Like, Did we lose Kevin? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, what I what I also want to see, and I, what I think we will see, is is more staggering. Um. And I, I, you know, Julius is it? Maybe Julius is. I, I like to see Julius more with second unit. Um, I think that his gravity um, is really useful. Him and Quickly seem to have a really um, str- have, have, have really strong chemistry together. Um, and I think I kind of I kind of want to see him and Divincenzo out there together. Um, I actually um, I have a Dante Divincenzo prediction. I think Dante Divincenzo is going to be like going to have a season like Isaiah Hartenstein did last year, where he sh- struggles at first. There's an adjustment period. Tibbs is kind of like yeah, you, you know, anxious about the turnovers, but then kind of figures out his role in the offense and really starts to shine later on in the season. Um, yeah, we'll see if that comes to fruition. No, well said. Um, well said, Kevin. I think um, I would like to see more staggering. Like, I actually want to see Grimes and RJ at the second unit more. Um, um, or maybe, like, even, like, Grimes at the second unit more. Because, like, I want to see plays – I want to see things run for Grimes. You know, like I always say, like, I like like summer league Grimes, Rising Stars Grimes. I want to see some of that. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to get to, because we have 15 minutes left, um, because both Chris and I have a hard stop at 1 p.m., and Chris Presciutic is here. Yo, so before I give him the floor... Upstart. Before I give him the floor, I'm just going to quickly go through my preseason predictions. Um, so I said I said earlier, my MVP is Julius Randle, because this team goes as far as Julius Randle will take them. Um, if you're a Julius Randle hater, I'm sorry, argue for goldfish. Um, most improved player, I think it's Grimes. I think it, I think there's a good shout for RJ Barrett, but I think we can see Grimes take it. We could see Grimes take the next step. We kind of discussed that in in the last episode of Study Hall. Defensive player of the year. I mean, the obvious answer is Mitch. I would say, you know what? I can make the argument that it could also be Josh Hart. Because if Josh Hart, actually, you could really make the argument that Josh Hart might be the most improved player because if Josh Hart can, can consistently shoot from three, this team is this team is a problem because um, that would really help. But I will say, for um, terms of this, for purposes of this conversation, I'll say Mitch because everything is built around Mitch defensively and offensively to a certain extent. And six man of the year, listen. It's gonna be Emmanuel quickly. Uh, it, 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 well, I like you, again. You can make a case here for Josh Hart. You can make a case for Dante Divincenzo. Um, you can make a case for Isaiah Harnstein. Um, but I'm gonna go with quickly because if quickly, like quickly, should have been the sixth man of the last year. I don't care what uh, Justin Termini says uh, and Bill Simmons in the Boston Sports Mafia, but he is so vital for us. Like you can make an argument that he's MVP. Because he's so vital for us, and he's probably in. He's probably in a. He's a super sub. He's too good to be a too good to be a substitute player. But there's really no room for him in the starting lineup with this team, barring a trade. I will now throw it over to Mr. Chris Persianen, who will share with us his preseason predictions. And I do want to leave some time to discuss the Obi talk on the timeline. So maybe like twelve fifty five, we'll we'll go to that. But Chris, the floor is yours. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um. Apologies for the late entry. I have a crazy day. Um, was doing some preparation for a volleyball broadcast that I will be on 
on ESPN Plus in about two hours. So, um, yeah, that's part of why I have to run, too. Uh, but I hope everyone is doing well. We understand you're big time. You're big time now, and you big time us. We get it. We understand, Mr. ESPN. You have to. All right. You always right. better remember us, Chris. <laughs> of course. Listen, there. I won't need to remember. There will be no forgetting. So you guys will will just be. Um, uh, but I, I will say, I hope everyone's doing well. I will say. I hope everyone is doing well in a non-basketball standpoint ahead of the upcoming season. Um, and I also hope from a basketball standpoint that, you know, obviously as someone that, that covers the team, it's interesting to see, you know, the state, the state of the fan base. And, uh, you know, I just hope people are excited for the season coming up. Um, especially because KFS, I feel like it helps make it, a little more like I don't know KFS to me is like when you go to a museum and you take the headphones and you get like that guide to all the art like yeah sure you can still enjoy the art but like I don't know KFS is that like extra guide through the season um so I just like you know that's the best community I hope everyone is excited for me personally I'll do quick hitters um I, I thought about you know doing the, the different picks. I, I was going to put Randall for MVP and oh, some, some different things like that, but uh, apparently someone's needed to, to go chalk. So Sean talking about you know, how many different players could be the MVP. I'm going to go chalk here. So for me, Jalen Brunson. It's that simple. What's the argument? The New York Knicks had Julius Randall. And the, the new version of Julius Randle, they've had him in town for a couple years now. It was not until Emmanuel quickly was in his second year and really, really demonstrated some point guard ability that Randle showed that he could be, you know, like a winning player and play a winning, a winning role, you know, on a good team uh, as quickly was setting him up in those little spurts. He showed it. The next season, the team has Brunson, and Randall shows it, you know, consistently throughout the season that, you know, playing with Brunson, he can fit in that context. The point is that, um, you know, the Knicks had a lot of these ingredients to last year's team. They had them sitting in the, the cupboard for a little bit. Yes, they needed to, to develop, but it wasn't until Brunson came in and to stir the drink, you know, and, and even if he's more of a scorer and stirs the drink more via scoring than, than initiating and playmaking for others, I think that's completely fine. Um, I saw, you know, Brunson is the guy that gets it all going. I got to go with him for MVP. I think it's I think it's that simple. Sean, should I run through the other three quick um or what what do you think because i i'm you know i have my picks but all right i'm gonna take that as a yes so i'm sorry i got i i got distracted could you repeat the question you do i run through the other three right now yeah you've run through the other three all right all right all right so for dpoy um again i had i had an inclination to be different to say the guy who will take the biggest step defensively this season um, was going to be either Barrett or Randall. 
Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, okay, the reason it would be the biggest step if either one is good is because they've not been so good <laughs> recently. So uh, as opposed to, you know, playing the technicalities, defensive player of the year for the Knicks has to be Mitchell Robinson because I think he's someone who, you know, maybe if not this season at some point in his career could be in the running for all defense teams or or a top voting, you know, position for defensive player of the year. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson is someone whose game is very uh, directed. His game is very intentional, right? He has a very, very specific set of responsibilities and roles that he fills within the team context. Um, I think that, you know, kind of prohibits him from putting up big numbers, like stats-wise, that aren't just points or rebounds, right? But I also think that that is part of the key for him, that responsibility being solely, you know, pretty much solely defensive, I think is part of the key for him um, to be super productive. The Knicks have streamlined Basically, they, they, his his set of responsibilities they've streamlined it, um, and and I think that'll allow him to to do really well at, at the ones he does have. So, got to go with Mitchell Robinson for that. Um, best bench player, man, oh man! Again, I've been kind of giving my runner up. Um, so Dante Divincenzo was very, very, very tempting to take as this team's best bench player. The reason for that is because the team last season had two points on the court that I thought needed addressing. One of them was shooting. One of them was defensive playmaking, gambling for turnovers, for steals, all that. Dante's really good at both. I think that as someone that is really good at gambling for steals, that Thibodeau will allow DiVincenzo to do so. Um, But... Best bench player on both ends of the court. You've got to go with Emmanuel quickly and buy the storyline of, you know, the playoff um, happenings awoke within him, you know, a desire to, to figure out how to get better in a sense where that, that wouldn't happen again. He wouldn't get completely stonewalled um, trying to attack any aspect of the basket again. Um, and I'm not saying Stonewall is in like he wasn't strong enough to get past the defender. I mean, Stonewall is in like if his goal was to get, you know, to a position where he could score, he was stonewalled like every time and, and it felt like he never got to his spots. Um, rarely, rarely. There was, he had two jumpers against Miami and I was like, okay. The second jumper, he got to his spot there, and he looked comfortable. It was on a fast break. He faded away. Um, other than that, quickly looked pretty uncomfortable. So I think, you know, I always say if a guy gets embarrassed or if a guy feels like he got embarrassed on national television, there's no better wake-up call. Um, it's part of why I buy Cleveland having a big year. I think they know all the Donovan to New York hype exists and I think they know that they got, you know, clowned on after losing in the first round and Jared Allen's quote. So I think yeah, they're gonna come out this season and be a pretty good squad. 
So I'm going to go with that narrative here for best bench player. Take Emmanuel quickly. For most improved player, this is a stupidly tough question because... And you have to answer that stupidly tough question in one minute. Yep. And you... Because you think that... um, You think that on the Thibodeau squad that everyone has their role, knows their role, and that there's not much room for a player's role to change at this point on this iteration of this team. But for most improved player, I think you have to go with Quentin Grimes, and the reason is because if if he is afforded the opportunity to show offensive growth, he is afforded the opportunity to get a shot diet that does not solely consist of shots that constitute, you know, like a floor spacer shot diet, like, will he also be attacking the basket from the weak side? Um, will he be, you know, attacking and, and kicking out as opposed to just dumping to Robinson, which was his kind of his thing last season? Um, do you get to see him, you know, pull up in the mid-range? I think if he's afforded any of those kind of opportunities and his shot diet consistently this season, he has pretty low-hanging fruit there to be the most improved player in the sense where they, you know the skill is there. But can he do it in-game, show it consistently in-game? Sorry, Sean, I took two minutes. But back to you. No, nah, it's all right. It's, it's fine. Um, so we have four minutes left. Uh, Matt, unfortunately, we only have four minutes left. We have a couple of days we want to get to, so we won't be able to join the stage today. But please, we'll be back next Sunday. Absolutely come and join us. Uh, we appre- But we appreciate you pulling up. All right. A couple of things. I want to read some of the comments from the uh, from from the chat. Shout out to the chat gang. and make sure I got them all. Uh, let's see here. Okay. First, what are the odds? Uh, Alex, OT Red asked, what are the odds for Open for MIP? 35 to 1. I'll come back to that in a second. CT Pittman. CT Pittman, what's up, man? We really did pick up Julius right before he hit his prime. It's undeniable at this point. It absolutely is. And again, if he were doing this on 27 other teams, he'd be he'd be hailed way more highly. But we know the we know the vibes. Alex then asks, who let these jokers on stage? That's funny. These jokers came. Yes, other jokers let let them on stage. So that's actually correct. Brutus said, here to support. Got to run. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings to you, Brutus. Shout out to you. And then we have uh, three tweets from uh, Pastor Claudio's. Oh, God. You have cat scratch fever? Oh, no. No, we can't have that. All right. He says, Randall couldn't perform like that or for any other team because he's a result of Tim's approach to coaching. We can unpack that at another time. My take is that iHeart and Mitchell will nearly have identical um, minutes per game and iHeart will close games 75% of the time. Um, I don't think it will be 75%. I think it will be closer to 40. Um, I think if uh, unless the game calls for a Tibbs will always have Mitchell Mitchell Robinson in the line to close games. Um, I think he trusts his rim, he relies on his rim protection more. Excuse me. And then his last comment is Randall's best game was game five versus the Cavs. Did a really great job being a hub. Yes, he did. He did a really amazing job. And if he didn't roll his ankle again, I would love to have seen what he would have been like against Miami, but I digress. All right. We have two minutes to get out of here. So um, Obi Topic. There's a lot of 
hubbub on the timeline last night. I was going to say discourse, but I think that might be too generous. There was a lot of hubbub on on the timeline last night about Obi Toppin um, because apparently... It's more of just screaming your opinion and then hoping someone disagrees so you can get mad at them. um, Yes, or like... So I just find it interesting that a between-the-legs dunk, which is not even the first time he did that dunk in a game in the state of Indiana got everyone up in their feelings. Now, listen, we know how it is by now on this app. If you like if you like someone, you will defend them to the death. And if you don't like someone, you will not give the benefit of the doubt. So this dunk yesterday was used just to relitigate. Like, it didn't change any. It didn't change anyone's mind. It didn't change what we already know. What we already know. Um, all I'll say is this. One. Obi Toppin is 35 to 1 for most improved player. So if you think because his per 36 is going to say is, is is going to translate if he actually plays 36 minutes a game, drive to a state that allows gambling on player props, on 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 player awards. Unfortunately, New York State does not, but New Jersey does, Connecticut does, Pennsylvania does, whatever. Make that bet. Put your money where your mouth is. Two, both things can be true. The Knicks failed Obi Toppin, and Obi Toppin may not be like the player that you think he's gonna be. Like the seat, like we apply ceiling. We, every player has a ceiling, and the players we like, we assume they're going to hit their ceiling. The players we don't, we say they don't. And if you are a fan of Obi Toppin, and I'm a fan of Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin is my son's favorite basketball player, right, Zach? Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, he will be in a, but he's going to be in a, he is now going to be in a place that accentuates his strengths and he's going to, he's going to be in the best position to succeed or a far better position to succeed than in New York. That, but I feel comfortable saying this. If Obi Toppin succeeds in Indiana, that player is still not better than Julius Randle. And just because you don't like Julius Randle and he has given reasons for you to not like him, does it mean that Obi Toppin was blocked and couldn't get past Julius Randle? And Obi Toppin is still better, is still not better than Julius Randle. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. The sun will rise tomorrow. Uh, Chris, I will give you a minute to say what you got to say, then we'll get out of here. Or however long you want. Obi Toppin is a good basketball player. Um, he's a player whose ability to make the correct basketball decision, uh, I think genuinely went underutilized. Um, I think that he was asked to fill a certain role that he did not ever fill in his basketball career. Um, I think that he was drafted because of filling a certain role in college, um, and was never asked to fill that role at the NBA level. Um, I think that he's a player who on a losing team, if allowed to run free, um, you know, could really, really get acclimated and get enough touches to do some damage offensively and and maybe be like a 16 to 17 point per game guy, but where you're getting three or four assists out of him because, again, he can be a, a, a post playmaker. He can pass intelligently out of, the, out of the high post. All of that said, 
the New York Knicks are, are a team who have not yet spent their load of draft capital to improve today, but they're still a team that's trying to win today. And as a result, they were never a great basketball environment for Toppin to get drafted to, whether they signed Randall or not. I think, you know, even if Toppin was forced to start early on, that Thibodeau would have had problems with that, with how that's with how those starts went. <clears throat> um, Thibodeau wanted Toppin out of the rotation entirely his rookie season. The front office said, "You better play him ten minutes a game." You go look at. Those games that, that Obi played in, the second he hit like nine minutes and 40 seconds played, someone got to the scorer's table because it was literally like a like a, like a bug, like a disease that Thibodeau had where he had to play top because of the front office. It, I just don't think it was going to happen here given the fact that the team is trying to win games. You know, I, I don't think it has to do with the coach. If the coach was Nick Nurse or if the coach was, you know, Will Hardy, if the front office's directive is, hey, we want to win games, what are you going to do besides, you know, try to be a win-now player? And that, for young players, often means not showcasing a lot of the abilities that they can work on and have. Um, should the Knicks, you know, did, did I have Tyrese Maxey um, four or five spots higher than Toppin on my board that year? Yeah, I did. I also had... Um, Alexei Pokushevsky several spots higher than Toppin. I also had, you know, so, you know, regardless of what it is, Toppin was like third on the Knicks board. He was the best player available to them. If if you found out, here, here's the thing. I'll leave Nick fans with this. I'll leave Nick fans with this. It's always about process, right? I, I, I truly believe that. If you found out that the team that you were a fan of had a player third on their draft board. They thought he was the third best player in the draft. And that player fell to them at the eighth pick. And they didn't draft that player because they thought, you know, someone else would maybe be close to good enough on the, you know, to make it worth them being a different position. Like the Knicks were not good. They needed to accrue talent, however that came. Would you rather find out, you know, obviously everyone would magically prefer that the Knicks had drafted a, a Vassal or a Maxi or a Bane, right? Would you have rather that and had, you know, it, it's just not realistic to, to just say that could have just happened. But my point is that I think the current reality where the Knicks are a good basketball team and have all their picks going forward and are making decisions confidently based on what they think as opposed to feeling pressure from an owner or from the fan base to, to make basketball moves in a certain way. I'd, I'd rather as a, if I were a Nick fan, I'd rather a front office that is confident doing what it believes in and, and feels like it has that stability. I know factually that one of the teams that passed on Shea Gilgis Alexander, not the New York Knicks wanted him so bad, but the, the fan base, that team's fan base was sold on another prospect. And ownership said to the to the front office, they said, "No, nope, the fan base wants this guy. He was a he was a dog in college, and he played you know five on three or whatever. And you got to go get him. That's the guard we want because that's who the fan base wants. 
And so the, the, the scouting department said, we want Gilgis Alexander. Ownership said, no, you don't. Um, that, you know, that's what happens when, when a team, that's what can happen when a team isn't allowed to just do what it believes in. So, yeah, that's, that's my final angle. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com